Buddy. Good morning. It's good to see you guys. Welcome. So glad that you're here. Welcome to the Porch Community Church. I want to say up front, happy anniversary. Today is our six-month anniversary as a church in our community. I know. I'm excited. I, it's like, it seems like it's been longer, and then also seems like we just started yesterday, so I'm not really sure, but um, kind of like having kids. Like, you feel like you just had them, and then you've known them forever. So it's been a great six months. And uh, if this happens to be your first time, welcome. We're really glad that you chose to be here today and be in worship with us. And, you know, we say that we hope that from the moment you've turned onto the campus that you felt welcomed and um, that you're encouraged and through our time of worship and everything that you just feel like this is a place where you can be and be present. And one of the words we hear a lot is home. And so we would love for this church to be a place that you could call home. So we're so glad that you're here. You uh, probably heard in the announcement video, I know that you've seen a lot of people in their red shirts, but you know, the reason we're here as a church, the reason people are serving is because we want you to know that there is a God who loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you through Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here. That's why we've been here for six months. That's why we plan on being here much longer than that is to let our community know this truth. Um, We are having right after this service a... uh, what we're calling our serve team powwow. We're getting together. We do this about twice a year. We bring all of our serve teams together and we have lunch and we share ideas and celebrations. And we're gonna meet today right after the service uh, in here. We're gonna stay in here and and have lunch together. And so um, if you're on a serve team, reminder, we're having that today. But if you have been thinking about being on a serve team and you've kind of thought about you know, maybe being a greeter on the parking team or in one of the many other areas uh, of where we have people serving, then you're welcome to stay afterwards. We have childcare available, and uh, you can stay and find out a lot more. So um, <clears throat> I hope that you will do that. All right, so we are in this uh, second week of our series called The Best Year Ever. Best Year Ever, which is kind of a really high standard to to put out there but I think it's more than possible and it's not because you know we're going to tell you some you know ways in which you can have your best year ever that we think might be a good suggestion and we're looking at scripture we're looking at God's word and we're saying okay how does this how can I live into God's word into 2020 and it be the best year that I've ever had in my relationship, on my journey of faith, which brings me to something I want to point out right away. Uh, we, I, I say that statement a lot, talking about being on a journey of faith, being on this, on this uh, journey together. And I want you to hear this up front this morning, wherever you are on your journey of faith, and it's this, you're on a journey of faith. You might be going, I don't even know if God is real. I just came here today. Well, I want you to know that you're on a journey of faith. You're at a place of wondering if God is real. You might be, or you might know someone who is an atheist, like, I don't even believe this. Well, that is a journey of faith. You might be someone who, you have some head knowledge, but not much more. 
And maybe you're here today because you're like, you know what? I want this, I want this year to be different. I want my life to be different than just the head knowledge. And so you're on a journey of faith. Or you might be right now someone who is just like, you are hungry for God's word. You are in it. You're reading it. You're, you're writing about it. You're, you're constantly thinking about, like, how can I be in a closer relationship with God? How can I know him more? Well, you're on a journey of faith. And we're all somewhere on this journey of faith. And, and I want us to, to look at this together this morning because I see a prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 that, that Paul writes. And I want us to look at a couple of verses in Ephesians 1 together this morning where I see how Paul is laying out kind of some steps. Like, where are you on this journey of faith? Are you at step zero? Are you at step one? Or, you know, where are you on this journey of faith? Because I see in Ephesians where Paul writes this prayer and you can see the steps to really knowing who God is. And I believe that in, in taking these steps on our journey of faith, that we can have the best year ever. And so I want us to look at that together um, this morning. Now, before we look at the actual verses, I want to point out something about Paul who wrote this. He Ephesians, he wrote to a, it's a letter. He wrote to a, the church in, in a town called Ephesus. And he was trying to encourage the people who, who had heard about Jesus, many of whom had said yes to Jesus. He's trying to encourage the church. And he offers, he, he says, I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for you as a church. And then you hear him lay this out. He uses the, the words, the two words, so that, a lot. It's like it's, it, you know, it's sequential. It's like I pray this, so that this, so that this, so that this. So we're going to look at in a moment. But I want you to understand something. Paul, he's not just a theory guy. Now, Paul, his, his previous name was Saul, and he was like this uber-religious guy. Like, he knew the theory. He knew, he had all the head knowledge that there needed to be, that was available about who God is. But because of his faith prior to, to this, this moment I'm about to explain to you, he refused to recognize Jesus as the Savior. He refused to say, that's the Messiah, that's the one that's going to come save us. So he had this like head knowledge of who God was, but it didn't connect. And see, Paul came on the scene after Jesus. So there was already historical, like there was already, like people had been talking about Jesus, people were following Jesus, and yet he did not connect the two between his knowledge of who God is and how God's word said he was going to bring a savior, he was gonna bring a Messiah and, and come and make it possible for, for people to be in relationship with God because see, prior to this, there was, a, there was a disconnect, there's a holy God and then there's us. And, and, and he just didn't connect. And then Jesus comes on the scene to bridge this gap. And, and Saul, before he's Paul, was, didn't make the connection. But then, quite literally, he's blinded. Like on the road to Emmaus, he is blinded. He was out, he was like going out and, and just chasing down Christians and getting them arrested for blasphemy and, and for trying to say that Jesus was the Messiah. And on the road, on his way to go and do some more, you know, hyper-religious like security work, you know, get some Christians arrested, he is blinded. And during this time of blindness and then even after when the scales, when, when his vision is clear, then he suddenly sees that Jesus is the Messiah and his life changes and his name changes. 
And he becomes this person who says, now I see. I have this knowledge, but now I have this understanding of who Jesus is. I understand he's connected us now. He's made a way for us to be in relationship with God. And now his role, his total purpose in life is to share the, is to help build up churches and help equip churches so they can continue this message. And this is the prayer. So he's writing from a place of someone who understands the journey of faith, okay? He gets the journey of faith. He understands the steps that he's about to pray. And this is where we find, beginning in verse 16 of Ephesians 1, and we're gonna kind of walk through a few verses together this morning. He says this, I have not stopped thanking God for you. He's talking to the church. He says, I pray for you constantly. So he is a pastor. He loves the church. He loves the people of the church. And then he says this in the first part of verse 17. He says, I'm asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, he's come to this understanding. See, before it was just the glorious Father. That's it, glorious God. But now he understands there's Jesus. The glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this, to the church, I want you to have spiritual wisdom and insight. I want you to have spiritual wisdom. I want you to have insight to the things of God. He gets this. He didn't have spiritual wisdom before. He had knowledge. He could take a quiz, right, and pass the quiz. But he didn't have the spiritual insight. He didn't have this wisdom. But now he does because of his connection with Jesus. And he wants this for the church. And this is where I'm going to lay out a couple of steps. So Paul is saying to the church, I want you to realize this. I've come to this. I want you to realize this. You need to have spiritual wisdom and insight for what I'm about to tell you. And, um, and honestly, that's why I'm sharing this message with you today. What I pray is that we would all walk away from today's message and go, okay, now I have, now I've seen this. Okay, I understand this. I didn't have clarity on this before. I didn't, I didn't have the spiritual wisdom and insight, and now I see it, and that's what I want for us today. So Paul prays this. He's setting it up. You need wisdom and insight. Here come the steps. First thing, verse 17. So that, see there's a so that. I want you to have wisdom and insight so that, step one, you might grow in your knowledge of God. You might grow in your knowledge of God. If we want to make this step just easier to remember, then we'll say this. Step one, Paul is saying, is that you know God. You know God. Now see, remember who he, he's the one saying this. He knows what it means to know who God is or to be able to take a quiz, but he's saying, I want you to know God because Paul uses a word there in the Greek and the word he uses for know means deeply, it means intimately. It doesn't just mean head knowledge, right? It's not theory, it's not, you know, it, it's, it's really, really deep. And he's saying, I want you to really know God in an intimate, personal way, which was a completely foreign concept to a lot of people, just as it was to, to Saul before he became Paul. It, people didn't know that you could, you could really know God. See, we, we kind of, on, on this side of history, we kind of take this for granted. Because a lot of you in here have heard, like, there is a God who loves you and wants to be in relationship with you. But this was foreign to them. But even though I say those words, and you might be in a place on your journey of faith where you're like, yes, 
Yes, I'm, I, I mess up all the time, but that I know to be true. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Okay? There are people around you that, that they might have heard the words, but they don't really know that there is a God who loves them and wants to be in relationship with them through Jesus Christ. And Paul is praying, I hope that you, that you have spiritual insight and wisdom to first things first, is to just know God. Like take it past theory, take it past just information to really know God. And so I would say that a, a room this full with this many people, that there is somebody here today a few somebodies here today that need to take that step from I don't believe, I don't even know who God is to there is a God who loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you through Jesus Christ and you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to have all the answers. Know God in that deep, intimate, personal way that, that Paul is writing about. This is all possible through Jesus. Know God. So that's the, for, for some of you, that's the step to take is to know God. Now, many of you have probably taken that step. I mean, you're here at church today, right? I mean, there's a chance, right? That you have taken that step, that you've had that, that kind of light bulb moment, right? That you've gone, yes, on my own, this is a mess, Yes, I've tried to do it myself and try to take care of it, but my goodness, I've messed it up. So you, you get this, right? So you're like, hey, step one, I'm, I'm good, okay? But maybe you haven't taken the next step that Paul prays for the church. And it's this in verse 18. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. I like the way the message paraphrases it because it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be focused and clear. And, and that's what Paul is saying, that, that your hearts will be flooded with light. Well, what, is, what does that mean? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. Well, what I would say to you is that all of us in here, and some of us need a little help, but we see with our eyes. Okay, we see with our eyes, but there's another way that you see and that I see, and that is that we see with our heart. We see with the experiences that have gone on in our life. We see with the circumstances and the relationships that have gone on in our life, and we see with our heart. And Paul is saying, listen, I get it. I mean, he hated Christians. There was a, a hardness and a darkness within, within him about people who, who followed Jesus. He gets it. He had this, this hardness in him, but you know what? He quite literally was blinded, and then those scales, the, the, the blinders were removed from his eyes, and suddenly he could see his heart was flooded with light. And I would say for some of us in here who we've taken the first step and we know God, but our, our hearts are kind of dark, and they're, they're burdened, and they're heavy, and there's this real possibility that when you look at other people you don't really see them you're looking through the lens of your heart and the things that happened before them maybe someone always broke promises to you over and over and over again and so you have this tendency to look at everybody through the eyes of your heart and instead of seeing someone who has integrity and says what they mean you just assume automatically that they're, gonna, they're, they're not telling the truth, that they're a liar, that they're not faithful, that they're not going to follow through. 
See, a lot of us in here, we see through the eyes of our heart, and Paul is saying, I get it, I've done it, but I'm telling you on this journey of faith, I pray that the eyes, that your eyes would be flooded with light, that no more would you see with this filter of, of just junk that's happened in your past. Or maybe it's even not that bad, but it's kind of, it's just like, it's substandard. It's not the vision that, that God has for you to have. Like maybe it's very limited, like, like I am without these. Oh wow, you're better looking. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. You're beautiful people, I'm joking. See, but, but so Paul is saying, would you let your hearts, step one is to know God, but step two, is for us, and I know we're talking about vision, but this is really what I believe Paul is getting to, what he's really trying to, to say to everyone, is listen, you need to find freedom from the way you've been looking at other people. You need to find freedom from the way in which you've been looking at life. You need to find freedom in the way that you've been going about your everyday life. Know God and now find freedom. Let your eyes just be flooded with light, with God's light. Not your experiences, not, not what you think you know, but like let God, like be free from the burden of all the things that you, that you just thought you knew. Because trust me, Paul knew a lot and he needed to be freed from a lot of the things that he knew so that he could embrace Jesus. Find freedom. So step one on our journey of faith is to just know God. Step two is for us to find freedom from what has been clouding our vision, weighing us down, burdening us, holding us back. And we need to experience healing in that. And for some of you today, that is where your spiritual journey is. I came up here yesterday to um, fill in some chairs because we had communion last week and we took chairs out of the aisles and I came in yesterday and I put chairs in and I just spent some time sitting right where you are, Erica, I think. And I just spent time praying. And I was asking God, God, would you give me spiritual wisdom and insight and show me where I am? Where am I on this journey? And he was like, and he showed me some things in my life where I am still at step two, finding freedom. So I don't stand up here and go, hey, find some freedom. <laughs> like I understand it is, a, it is a journey. It is a challenge. Like we might find ourselves years down the road knowing God and, and something might bubble up that you realize, oh my goodness. I've been looking at this with my eyes and I need to, my eyes need to be flooded with the light of God to see this. I haven't been seeing this the way God wants me to see this. I have been burdened by this. I need to be freed from this. So Paul is offering this to us and he gets it. So we need to know God and we need to find freedom. Well, so what are we freed for? What, what's that? Well, we find, again, Paul saying, you know, here we are with our, our so that. In verse 18, so we know God, we're finding freedom, we, we realize we need it. And then he says, so that you can understand, see this is why we need insight and wisdom, because we need understanding, so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he has called. I mean, how many of us are, are walking on this journey of faith and confidence today? 
Maybe some of you are. And praise the Lord for it. Sometimes I feel like I, I mean, even on Sundays, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm here. Let me make my way in, you know. Because, because life is, is difficult. The journey of faith is not easy, but, but what Paul wants us to know, and this is why he says, I want you to have insight. I want you to have understanding because you, you need to have confident hope because you've been called to something. It's bigger than you. It's not just about what are you gonna do when you grow up. I still don't know exactly what I wanna do when I grow up. This is the confident hope for your life and part of your spiritual journey, part of my spiritual journey is for us to realize and have confidence that God has created you for a purpose. A purpose. So step one is we know God and step two is that we find freedom and step three, Paul prays for us, is that we would discover our purpose. This is, why we need, this is why we need spiritual insight. This is why we need this, this wisdom from God. Not so that we can, you know, be smarter. You know, not we can be a, a better version of, of who we are. No, so that we can live into the calling of who God wants us to be, who he's created us to be. And let's be honest, I think at, all, at some point, if not multiple times, we have asked God, We've told our friends, we've told someone that's like a, a, you know, a, a spiritual advisor to us, and we've said, I am trying, I don't know what God's purpose in my life is. I don't know what it is. Well, I want to just rewind for a minute. You definitely will not know what your purpose is if you don't know God. And there are a lot of people who are seeking to find their purpose in life, their calling in life, and they're doing it apart from God. And, and they're living a half-life. You might be living a half-life right now, not fully into who you were created to be because you have been created for a purpose. You can't see God's purpose if you don't know God, and I'm gonna just tell you, it is virtually impossible to see what God's doing if our vision is clouded by our past, if our vision is clouded by our understanding apart from God. See, there's steps. But see, once you, you find freedom, once you know God, once you do this, this is what Paul is praying. I pray that you would know the hope to which he has called you. I pray that you would discover your purpose. Do you have something that, that God has designed that, that is, is who you are intended to, to live into and be? And I don't know what that is for you. But I would say, pursue that, like seek after God in that with spiritual insight, not your own, with unclouded vision, with the wisdom that God brings, allow God to show you what it is. What are those things? Because if you don't, you'll, you'll, you'll end up, you'll chase after things that don't really matter. And there's that half-life. So step one, Paul prays, is that we would know God. Step two, he says, let's find freedom. Let's be freed up from, from what held us back or from you know, the wrong information or, or just a, a warped way of looking at, at people and circumstances and the world and God. 
Let's find freedom from that. And now let's discover what our purpose is. Now I can't tell you exactly what your purpose is, but I know that if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've called out to him and said, thank you for forgiving my sins, I know that your number one purpose is to glorify God in everything you do. I don't know the details of what the everything is for you, but I know that you're to glorify God. I know that you are to be a reflection of God's love in the world. I know this. And so the fourth step, the last part of this is also in verse 18. So, so he says, so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called. And then he says, it's kind of like he gives a little explanation here, but this is step four. Who is he called? Well, his holy people who are in just total, complete poverty and don't know anything. No, 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 I'm not talking about money here. But he says, no, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. See, it doesn't matter what, you, what your self-worth was or what someone told you your worth was or what your degree tells you your worth is or what your salary tells you your worth is. None of that really plays, this is not playing into what Paul is saying. He's saying, no, no, no. If you know God, if you've called on the name of Jesus, you are now gonna have insight and wisdom to understand that you have been created for a purpose and that purpose, you are living into a rich, you are a rich and glorious inheritance. Listen, if you've been having a bad week, I just want you to hear this. You are a rich and glorious inheritance. You may not feel that way. Maybe no one said that to you, but you are a rich and glorious inheritance to realize that you have received an inheritance. Well, what, what is this? What is this inheritance? What are we living into? Who, like, what is it? Well, the, the real broken down version is, folks, it's the kingdom of God. We, we live in, we function in the kingdom of God. And when I say kingdom of God, what a lot of us do, and I understand because it's partly true, is we think heaven, right? We think the sweet by and by. We think the pearly gates and the streets of gold and the mansions and, and, and all that stuff and the, the perfect, you know, the, the perfect health and the perfect body and the, the big banquet and reconnecting with our loved ones who have gone before us. Yes, but there is another part of the kingdom of God, folks, and Jesus taught us to pray it. And he said, right now, the kingdom of God is now on earth as it is in heaven. So, so when we know God and we find freedom, right? We don't, we're not blind anymore. And we start to live in and discover our purpose in God, which is to glorify him ultimately. Well, now, what, here's, where, here's where we go. Why do we do this? Just so we can feel good? Just so that we can feel better about ourselves because we kind of felt bad before, but wow, God really loves me and wow, he, I'm created for a purpose. Wow, this is wonderful. Is it just so we can do that? No, no, no. It's the fourth step that Paul prays. He says, because I want you to make a difference. You're part of an inheritance. This inheritance is given to those who, who, who call on the name of Jesus. Continue this. So step one is that we know God and step two is we find freedom and step three is we discover our purpose and step four, folks, is that we would make a difference in the kingdom of God now. Right now. Where are you on this journey of faith? 
You know, as I told you, as I prayed here yesterday, that, that God showed me some step twos. Does that mean I'm stuck at step two? Now, maybe every now and then you go back to that place and you realize it, but I don't want to. I don't want to hang out in step two. Right? I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to keep being brought back to those things. Now, if I need to, like with spiritual insight and wisdom, God will show me those things. But no, no, no. I want to make sure I'm living into my purpose, which is to glorify God, and I want to make a difference with that. I want to make a difference with that. It's to let other people know. Guess what? Here's what it means to make a difference. Here's what Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. And I believe that this prayer, like, it came to full fruition because the church is alive and well today. And, and, and what Paul is praying is this. Here's how you make a difference. Well, you, you, you say, I'm going to let you know something. You can know God. See, it doesn't take somebody with a microphone and a seminary degree to tell you that you can know God. No, you make a difference because you can impart this to other people. Know God. I don't know if God exists. Let me tell you who God is. I don't know if he's real. Let me tell you how real my God is. I don't know if God hears my prayers. Let me tell you how God has answered my prayers. And not only that, but, but then you can walk alongside of that person and say, listen, you know, they come to you and they're burdened and, and, they're, and they're heavy and there's things on them and, and you listen to them because they know you as a Christ follower. They see that, that, you're, that, that you're walking and living in a different way because why you're making a difference? Why? Because you have a purpose which is to glorify God. Why? Because, well, you're not going to let your past or, or, or your brokenness dictate the way you're going to live your life so now you're living into this. And they're going to come to you and say, listen, this is going on in my life. And you're going to be able to say, you know, I understand that. But I'm, come, I, I'm here to tell you that Jesus brings freedom. And you don't have to live under that burden anymore. You don't have to live with that identity anymore that someone told you who you were or what your worth was. You can be freed from that. This is how you make a difference. You live into this. And then you just continue with that, that, that person or these opportunities to say, listen, let me, let me show you what, who, who God wants you to be. Let me show you who your new identity can be. It's found in Jesus. And, and he takes away the old person, the Saul, and he creates a Paul. For the kingdom of God here, now, on earth, as it will be in heaven right now so 2020 best year ever know God find freedom discover your purpose and make a difference where are you on this journey of faith I'm going to ask you one last question and I want to ask you in the most loving like compassionate pastoral way I can and I don't mean it like to be snarky and I don't mean it to be sarcastic but I would just say what are you waiting for like really like if you are sitting there going I, I don't I haven't taken the first step I haven't done the first step I just want to say do you really want to live another year of your life apart 
from a God who loves you immensely. Do you want to do that? Do you, do you really want to live your, your, a life that maybe you're going, I haven't really taken that step to, man, I have let so much cloud my vision. I have not found the freedom that God, that, that, that I'm hearing being prayed here, that I'm hearing this person talk about up there. I haven't found this freedom. Are you, what are you waiting for? Do you really want to let another year go by and for you to have clouded vision and to not have the fulfillment and the freedom that God wants to bring to you? Do you really want another year to go by and for you to just be kind of just kind of going through the motion and not really go, God, I know that my ultimate purpose is to glorify you. How do you want me to do that? And maybe it's for a season that you do it, right? Maybe it's not just like forever and all time, but it's like for this time, this is how I'm going to glorify you, God. Do you want to go another year and not, not engage that, not, not ha- ask God for the spiritual wisdom and insight to see what that is? Do you want to go one more year? Do you want to go through another calendar year, 365 days, where you do not make a difference in the lives of people around you? And not live out the kingdom of God everywhere you go do you want another calendar year to go by because I believe if we follow Paul's prayer here in Ephesians and we say okay I want to know God I want to find freedom I want to discover my purpose for this time in my life and I want to make a difference for the kingdom of God I believe folks Porch Community Church that we will have the best year ever in our lives so take a step today let's pray together father i pray today for the courage and the boldness for those who are who are actually feeling like kind of i don't know maybe a little bit on their heels at the moment going oh my goodness I didn't, I didn't realize that this is where I was. I didn't realize this was what was in front of me or in store that, that God actually offers to us, that, that presents to us through Jesus. God, there might be someone here today that is going, I don't even, I don't know God. Who is this Jesus? Father, and as, as we pray, I would just, I would just say that Jesus is the answer to every question that is weighed on our heart. He is hope when we've been hopeless. He is forgiveness when we have been so burdened with sin and regret. He is the the passion where we have felt just empty. He is the promise kept for all the promises that were broken. Jesus. So God, above all else, that first step is the one that, that where it all begins. You have done your part, God. You have given us Jesus. And not only did he die for our sins, like he took our place, but he rose again. Three days later, resurrected life, redeemed life, new life, and that is what you offer to us. 
So God, for the person who has not said yes to you yet, maybe they have a lot of knowledge like, like, like Saul did, but today is the day they say, no, it's just going to be about Jesus. I'm just going to say, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sin and offering me new life. God, would you give us the spiritual wisdom and insight to see where we are and continue on this journey of faith. Thank you for the glorious inheritance we receive through Christ Jesus. Fathers, we come to a time now to, to worship you, and I just pray that we would continue in this, this um, our hearts and our minds would continue to just be engaging with what your word has shown us this morning. that we would hear from you and, and we would respond to you. And as your church, God, as we bring our gifts to you and, and return them to you, God, we say just we want to keep making a difference in our community. So thank you and bless what is given so we can keep doing that so people can call on the name of Jesus. We love you. We're going to worship you now. In that holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Stay with us.